It's your boy Rashad, aka Shad Money, aka Young Shad, aka Shad Ross, aka Shad the God. And this is Wear Many Hats presented by Jasar, where we talk about your main gig, then we talk about your side hustle. Justin Esposito, aka hey. Free Jay Boozy, <laughs> a man of many talents, basically a modern day Renaissance man in the streetwear world that we currently live in. I was roommates with his brother, Chris, back in Philly. And when he came through, I laced him with Jassar and we were homies ever since. Music is his specialty, his background, his everything. But what he's also known for is his contribution to the streetwear world, his knowledge on vintage grails and the music he produces. We need to protect this man at all costs for the brilliant knowledge that he has on music and streetwear and all around great guy to be around with. He's part of the round two family with Sean Weatherspoon. When he moved to Los Angeles, he's now part of the Hundreds family with Ben and Bobby Hundreds. He's in an amazing music trio called Blondie Beach, which they recently did a collaboration with the Hundreds. Blondie Beach recently hosted the Family Style Drive-Through Theater this past summer. He's the host of the Hundreds Greatest Hits, where they talk about the Hundreds previous collections. He has his own band where he plays the upright bass like a champion called Free J Boozy, along with other homies of a trio and another music project in his new band, Valley Doll. And did I mention he also has a show on Fuse TV called Hype Market? I love and enjoy his charismatic energy, your influencer's favorite influencer, the real deal, the cream of the crop. Give it up for Justin Esposito, also known as Free J Boozy. Fucking Rashad Desar. So just a few things that, first of all, what a beautiful introduction. <laughs> really hit all the fucking, I mean, I don't even have my resume written out like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, it's really cool to hear. <laughs> Somebody else gonna piece all that shit together. So back to the initial moment where we met, you were living with my older brother in North Philadelphia, right? Yeah. And that was like an interesting time for me because um, I had, that was really like my introduction to streetwear. You know what I mean? I was just graduating college. You know, I went, as you mentioned, um, I kind of came up through the round two family with like Chris Russo and Sean Witherspoon. Um, and, you know, I went to college with those guys. And so I was just kind of always around vintage culture thrifting all of that stuff i really saw like the whole resale game from those dudes perspectives grow from the ground up to the yeah. point where like me and chris russo were roommates and we would keep the original round two inventory in trash bags in our fucking living room damn you know I mean? so yeah. like you know what i mean you would, uh so you would bring somebody by it's like yo why are all these trash bags in your living room bro i was like oh it's, it's closed it's closed and so then <laughs> they opening a store right yeah yeah hired all of their homies i started working with like ecom never used photoshop in my life etc then all of a sudden i realized i was just like you know across my desk i was seeing 
100 to 200 really fire fucking pieces a day yeah just really familiarize myself with just like you know the cultural significance and appeal of like this nostalgic shit that was made in terms of merchandise in the 90s yeah. in the 80s 70s 60s when you really really get back to uh back to it but so you know i was working in music i was working at round two like fucking making e-com photos for the website sure. and then they ended up expanding and moving to los angeles but before that i was coming up to philly to visit you back to like what i was initially saying and wow. yeah i'll never forget first of all that was my first gifting experience uh, no way yeah you gave me a dasard dip dye t-shirt oh hell yeah um where like you know what I mean? it was like and also i sold this stuff in round two like back no way yeah yeah, yeah for sure um <laughs> so it was like this dip dye t-shirt and then uh I'm pretty sure you gave me a hat, but I was never really like a hat guy. No, for sure, I've for sure. Really been like, I got such good hair. I you got, um, you need, you have amazing, <laughs> beautiful hair that like needs to be out there, you know, like yeah. out and in the so world like, to see. One of the things that was a good introduction to streetwear was like you were one of the first people I ever met that had, um, like an independent own brand you know what i mean like wow. you're running production yourself you were like designing and all of that and kind of just like producing an aesthetic and that was like one of the first times i really like tapped into that and of course when i moved to los angeles like the sort of like freelance streetwear hustle is like so fucking big here you know what i mean oh it's, it's so like everybody Crenshaw wellness you know what i mean like um and there's just like a lot luxury of, spa baby a lot of the stuff in los angeles that's happening right now is one there's there's like a black owned streetwear renaissance nice going back to renaissance man one thing that i really think is just like and i think this differs between my perspective in the music scene and streetwear scene with a lot of people that i've met mm -hmm. is people really like to focus on like one thing it's that kind of work ethic like that ten thousand hours at like one thing i'm gonna be amazing at that and that's exactly i was never had i never had a singular interest you no know I mean? you're all, all <laughs> over the place and it's amazing you you can like get everything and anything done in like whatever you touch everything you touch like turns to gold yeah for sure and so you know I was really fortunate to like study jazz in college in like a mm -hmm. formal setting and then mm -hmm. also like be able to get out of the jazz classroom and go and fuck with Sean and Chris and like yeah. you know fucking get higher than the fucking class and just like dive into a different side of culture you know nightlife was always extremely important to me yeah. and you know I like to party I like to have a good time like back when I was younger and I just constantly found myself out. But I would, what I really realized is there was no space where like jazz, like the intellectual capacity and higher energy music that jazz is really like interacted with streetwear, right? Yeah. There was no like happy medium in between. No. So I moved to Los Angeles. I was having a lot of trouble breaking into the music scene to be honest, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, you know, it's like people are talking about, oh, like what's the music scene like in Los Angeles? Well, I think the difference between Los Angeles music scene compared to basically anywhere in the world is the music scene is so big here that it's actually considered an industry. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? The music industry. So I was having like a lot of trouble like breaking into that industry. You know what I mean? Cause like promoters are super tribal. It's all based on SoundCloud numbers at the time, like early fucking 2015 shit. Yeah. It was just kind of hard to get your footing into like a session or whatever. I didn't know anybody. I moved out here with a, a backbone of a community for streetwear, you know what I mean? 
But then I met this dude, Bryce Waller. And Bryce Waller at the time, he was uh, doing marketing for Frank 151, which was like a media publication. Oh yeah, of course, with the small yeah. magazines. Small magazines. And they had Frank's Chop Shop in Lower East Side, which Definitely. is still there, of course. So well, my one of my first OGs is this dude, Stephen Malvin. Steve Malvin is oh. just like, he's just like the perfect encompassment of fucking being really lit and in the culture and being a businessman you know what i mean like this oh, dude yeah. really like showed us the ropes with how to not only like discover the lit shit discover the true essence and culture and the grit and grime that like all these fucking brands and corporations want to tap in their fucking mood boards and shit steve was the guy you would go to get that authentic fucking mood board popping you know what i mean oh, that's awesome and so he really showed us the ropes it's just like so many different things working editorial Bryce got me an internship based off of fucking bringing him up at the fucking register at round two and that was really integral about being in Los Angeles is like round two was so popping when they first opened up yeah. that I was just like running the register and running the floor at round two and got to yeah. fucking meet literally like so many fucking people artists before they broke like seeing motherfucking platinum charting artist asking for the asking the homie fucking tone for fucking 40 bucks to go buy some weed like you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah. always like kind of like an incubator yeah. and a place where people felt comfortable to chill so yeah, I just no. found myself like you know I I like to talk I'm like I guess fucking charismatic and shit and <laughs> I kind of like played in line with the round two show and kind of yeah. establishing a personality on YouTube etc mm. and all of a sudden I realized oh wait like hold on like I can kind of like talk into a camera and look comfortable you know what I mean yeah. it's like it's all about just like not re like realizing that this lens is like used to communicate an idea, communicate to an audience, et cetera. So you can't be fucking afraid of that. Are you afraid to fucking talk to your mom on the phone? No. So like <laughs> make communication skills you can do with your fucking mother and bring that to like the world, I guess. And so yeah. round two started really popping off. We were doing fashion week and shit, bouncing around London, getting all this dank footage and shit. And then as that was happening, I was doing the shit Blondie Beach Records with Bryce. Mm -hmm. And then our other business partner, Errol Chatham. And Errol is like, one of the most fucking interesting motherfuckers I've ever met. So my first trip to Los Angeles, 2015, uh, I came, I finished a cruise ship contract playing bass in a fucking jazz trio on a boat, like ballroom tunes, like yeah, Sinatra yeah. tunes and shit. We're playing like six, six days a week, waking up in like crazy Alaskan wilderness, like eating salmon like every <laughs> fucking day. I remember like, you telling me that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I came off of that experience, used a bunch of the bread that I made on the ship, um, to go to Los Angeles, I ended up tapping at a store called Babylon. And Babylon is a brand owned by Trash Talk, Elise Spielman and Garrett Stevenson. Oh, yeah, of and course. Those dudes are just kind of like legends in their own right. And Definitely. so I have this theory. So Lee's the fucking homie, right? I get, yeah. I get, I'm fortunate enough to like really work with him uh, closely on some Babylon shit and whatnot mm -hmm. and kind of getting more into that fold. For sure. But anyways, kind of backtracking. So I went to Babylon because I heard of this brand. I was like, dude, these fucking t-shirts are fire. The dude working the register, I asked him, I was like, yo, like, do you know any, like, he was the guy managing, managing the store. And he was like, ringing me up. I was like, yo, do you know any shows? Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to like, because I thought Babylon was like a punk rock store. The dude might know, like, et cetera, what was popping with like some punk yeah. shows. But he was, um, he was like, oh, no, no, no. Uh, here, take my number, but I'll hit you if I hear anything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fast forward fucking 2015, I'm getting into the fold with Bryson Arrow with Blondie Beach. They started as a DJ crew at this mm -hmm. fucking bar called Kibbit's Room, right? Kibbit's Room. Love it. Okay, yeah, Kibbutz Room is like the best bar in Los Angeles to so start good. your night. It's yeah. the worst bar to end your night if you fucking <laughs> go. Like, that yeah. is the Kibbutz Room, you know, that's a fucking vortex. So, 
for those of the viewers who don't know, Kibbutz Room is this bar that's attached to a restaurant called Cantor's Deli. Mm -hmm. Cantor's is on motherfucking Fairfax Ave, which is kind of like the heart of streetwear in Los Angeles, yeah. where Supreme is, the hundreds, Crooks and Crafts Castles used to be there, 424 is over there. Um, now there's like a bunch of resell stores and shit. Mm -hmm. Huff's over there, of course. I go to family um, all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah for sure. Books. That's great. Yeah. Um, and fucking, there was this really cool thing that was happening on Fairfax where these streetwear restaurants were there. And then all of a sudden these really, really dank fucking fire restaurants yeah. started popping up. John and Vinny's, Animal, Golden State, this burger spot called Plan Check used to be there. Mm -hmm. This breakfast brew spot called Kofax is there. There's now a Dave's Hot Chicken because they- Free range, like, yeah. Yeah, like the whole, there's so much fucking shit over there. Yeah, yeah. I'm linking with Errol and shit. And then uh, I'm like, yo, like let's get each other's numbers and whatnot. And Errol puts his number in and it was already saved as E Babylon. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, motherfucker, that was you fucking two years ago wow. um, you rang me up at Babylon like I have your fucking number so it was kind of like this meant to be atmosphere that we all yeah. kind of found each other to like kind of lay into this like nightlife DJ shit and mm -hmm. so like back to like my love for nightlife Blondie Beach Records they started DJing under that alias then we started they brought me into the fold they started kind of helping promote parties and whatnot and mm -hmm. like doing events and just creative concepts and whatnot and then we ended up doing a collab with round two in Agenda in Vegas and that was kind of like the actual birthplace of Blondie Beach we're in Vegas we were fucking super lit at Agenda you know what I mean casinos yeah. and all that shit like we yeah, ended up making it. some merch we ended up doing like this really cool booth installation mm -hmm like a streetwear room and yeah, honestly yeah. that shit had been like stolen and replicated like so many fucking so times. many times yeah yeah you know what i'm saying like oh let's put some 85 <laughs> on the floor and like some cause dolls and make it like oh, a yeah. room and a lifestyle thing so we've been <laughs> done that and been done that shit um and so then coming back to los angeles off that shit we just kind of started hitting events and djing this party and djing this party getting residency here and this and that and this and that and that snowball of events and partying just kind of turned into like blondie beach records being this like this insane like underground nightlife entity in los angeles you know what mm -hmm. i mean you were tired of the fucking bouncers and the door guy and texting the fucking promoter to yeah. come in blah blah yeah. blah it's like bro our party's like we're literally like a thorn in the side of like some of these other fucking gigantic event companies and whatnot and like mm -hmm. you know we have people pulling up to blondie beach records parties over like insane budget like high-end fashion parties because they like want that sort of like grit and grime and authentic shit yeah. because you know like los angeles nightlife is just like so associated with social politics and who you know yeah bro, oh like you know like the, you know the feeling like ordering a drink in los angeles and motherfucking, you don't, it's a nice spot and you don't hand the guy an American Express card so he treats you a certain way the rest Oof. of the fucking night. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like yeah. a reality, especially yeah, like yeah, yeah. being a dude in Los Angeles and this um, unrealistic expectation of success and wealth. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so we were just kind of combating that entire fucking philosophy mentality you know what i mean like bro we have like fucking pro know. skaters we got fucking models this that record execs this fucking designer this fucking person like all none of that shit really matters it's really more so that we have created like the real ass real deal space to like hear the most popping underground like rap music from all mm -hmm. fucking parts of the world bryce and errol are like insane like tastemakers when it comes to that shit and there's been so many tracks that i fucking see djs because i'm not djing i'm in the cut you know what i mean bouncing yeah. around like yeah, oh yeah. hey like the social aspect of one of these i've seen the djs that do the big sets shazamming mm. bryson arrow sets i've fucking seen it you know what i mean hype man so, yeah yeah you know, we've, kind of, we've constantly like kind of seen people like take note etc and i think what you know, I'm not trying to sound like cocky or anything, but I think the difference between what we have accomplished as Blondie Beach Records in terms of like a nightlife 
creative entity that's also kind of an agency that's also kind of a streetwear brand that's also a fucking record label that distributes music and shit like that yeah is it really boils down to the community of people we've created you know what i mean it's like the most diverse it's like there's like this weird division with like the 10 freeway in los mm-hmm. angeles like south of the 10 is like south central and it's like has this whole thing our our whole shtick is like we want everybody from the south of the 10 to motherfucking beverly hills and like the same fucking spot you know what i mean like we like that like cross-pollination of culture and i think that's what's so cool about los angeles and one thing that these ride share companies and stuff have opened up to the city is now like every single fat facet of los angeles interacts with each other you know what i mean you go to the born and raised city hawkins dance mm-hmm. you know what i mean on fucking day before thanksgiving which we couldn't have this year it's like the one opportunity you can really get a fucking suit on wear a tuxedo like wear a fur coat like you can really do that shit and pull up with your yeah. shorty pull up with a date it's like a whole prom night vibe I've seen the photos just like yeah so just like that event for instance represents how diverse of a place los angeles is and how there's no gap between any sort of pocket or facet everything is completely like intermingled and i think that's kind of why the west coast is such a fucking pop and vibe is because people now realize you can have a parking spot you can have a fucking apartment that is twelve hundred dollars and really fucking big yeah yeah, yeah. and like all this shit i like that you're hyping up los angeles to being like better than what people think outside of los angeles you know what i'm saying the thing is about la two people one really like to hate on it the other thing about los angeles or angelinos is like yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) los angeles isn't worried about new york we're not like new york's always like oh like fucking la like we all we all after we're done with new york we all move out to los angeles like maturing thing but honestly at the same time i never really got my 18 to 26 27 new york fucking lit boy fucking <laughs> chapter of my life you know it's, I mean? a, it's all over in the china chalet that's all gone the only thing we have still is like onyx collective that's doing their you know whole jazz crew and yeah stuff. and honestly onyx collective is like i took big note to like what those dudes were able to accomplish with like their supreme collaborations yeah they had a motherfucking physical vinyl in a yeah. fucking supreme store that yeah. is crazy it's you so know what i mean crazy. Um, and also Onyx Collective stays really true to like the sort of New York, like Brooklyn free mm-hmm. sort of sound and shit. Those dudes yeah. are fire. I've actually never really met them, but I mean, like for sure, Onyx Collective is like the shit and just like, they're really true to like what New York is like with the whole streetwear and jazz thing. So yeah. I took note and kind of applied that to like Los Angeles in a, mm-hmm. in a different way. And we started doing these events at the spare room mm-hmm. with my homegirl Patty, mm-hmm. who was like such a fucking sick event manager. And she really gave me opportunity to have a residency and so we started calling this residency jazz club and then i made like an arc logo t-shirt that just says jazz club and it's really yeah. cool because the power of like an arc logo t-shirt is just like kind of a statement you know what i mean yeah. like my homie snobs snobs hardware uh-huh. has a uh, has a arc logo t-shirt that says downtown oh. um and so that's just like the hardest shit what downtown what city <laughs> what what country you know what i mean exactly. just like downtown like, i like all of the you know college uh, shirts that everyone's doing currently you know yeah for sure like actually there's this brand there's this brand called museum of peace and quiet that's been doing all that um i believe they're in los angeles cherry's been doing that but yeah it's cherry los angeles bro um Oof, so good fucking those these are really really nice perfect example of like lit la dudes that are not whack and that yeah. are like actually <laughs> to work and like do shit you know what i mean yeah, yeah um yeah. and their like initial launch for their brand they got like a like a house 
in Hollywood and they just painted this house like completely red. Oh. It was like this whole, it was like deep cherry red, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they just had a pop-up like launch at the house. And That's you would drive by and be like, yeah, what the fuck? And it's like the cherry Los Angeles house. So they kind of came out. We actually did a collab with them at the drive through theater. We paired them with um, this restaurant called Lhasa, I'm pretty oh. sure. And Lhasa is like this Filipino spot. Mm-hmm. Um, fire. The LA food scene too and how it's kind of like interactive acting with streetwear because like what family style food festival ben hundreds and this uh dude miles canaris yeah um are doing and it's just like this weird thing where food merch is becoming a thing in the food world of course every restaurant here in brooklyn has their own merch and i support completely win some completely tote bags got it for sure so you're in brooklyn now yeah okay so how do you think so and you kind of ran from like philly to new york for like years right yeah back and forth all the time so, so your is your family from new york or from philadelphia my family's from philadelphia philadelphia okay yeah yeah. so yeah. how do you think new york so you said there's no more china chalet i remember when i went to china chalet i had literally, literally never been to a fucking party like that in my life bro like what the fuck that was some crazy shit. It's some crazy shit. You can still yeah. smoke in there, you know. Yeah, and um, just like the buckets of beer you can get, like the whole thing, like smoking indoors, and also just like the nightlife fashion in New York is like incomparable. Like the whole vibe here. That's is, like, where everyone goes to, you know. Everyone. Yeah, it goes to, like also like flex their like sort of expression through clothing and whatnot. That's one thing that like, Los Angeles kind of lacks, but like. Los Angeles, there's a lot of power in just like wearing a really, really nice blank t-shirt and a good pair of slacks. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's like the kind of vibe I've been on lately too. But uh, the yeah, it's like New York and you seeing know. like all those fucking vibrant ass like fits and shit and just like China Chalet being like an insane venue. Yeah. And the floors buckling, the music's so popping. And then you go out and you're like on Wall Street, like fucked up. Wall Street, like, like all pla- financial district. You're like, like financial you know? district of all places, right? <laughs> um. And so, yeah, man, but, like, I guess, how does, like, New York differ from, like, 2013 to now? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's been like crazy. I mean, you know, the Philly scene has evolved since when I was, you know, back there. And then New York, it's just been blown up ever since. And, like, all of us, you know, young people, we've opened up new bars that's been, like, there's this, this new bar before everything shut down. Um, it was called uh, Heaven or Las Vegas. That was the last bar I went to. And, and it's been that it's unfortunate that everything had to cut right when things were about to like just heat up. Yeah. So where like people like us are the ones that are starting to open up bars and like running, running the show. But sure. I mean, it's pretty cool that, you know, we're taking the lead. But then unfortunately, with everything going down, it's it's been it's been pretty pretty rough but we're still trying to figure out our like little kinks but i mean we're still here i know i'm gonna be out in los angeles like definitely joining the whole crew i you know i'm we're we're still out here we're still out here sure i mean once you like really do a few winters in los angeles under your belt you retire from the idea of ever dealing with that again oh yeah oh yeah Um, yo let's talk about free jay boozy though you just put out this like this like fire four track like yeah so i guess that was like what like february 2020 yeah february march yeah so back to the so the spare room right i was yeah. playing with residency at this uh bar the spare room in the roosevelt hotel it's uh-huh. uh it's fucking swanky they have like this like it's a bowling alley but they have this lane that they found in like a fucking 
a state house and they like craned in this lane from like uh-huh. the 30s or 40s like into the bar it's super vintage super swank entourage mm-hmm. has been shot there fucking insecure has been shot there like oh it's like a spot you know what i mean um so i got to do this residency there and so bryce was like yo bro you got to start a band like you got to get this jazz shit popping like oh you're always talking about how you do music like now we have the platform bloody beach records we accidentally only we accidentally created a record label which mm-hmm. kind of these events became a natural place to host my music. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we were running these residencies at Lock and Key in Koreatown. Shout out Cyrus, my fucking guy. That spot is out of him. We do this party in the summer called Ice Cream Sundays. It's a mm-hmm. fucking trench. That shit is fucking insane. Um, <laughs> and it's like, no, you you don't see twerking like that. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. really crazy. But uh, so doing this trio shit at the spare room i was like trying to find out a good like kind of music program for the band because i didn't want to play all this like out of outer space jazz shit with all this heavy harmony my idea was like yo how can we make street or jazz as accessible as possible right so with the songbook that we were kind of choosing i was like yo we should play like frank ocean we should play justin bieber we should play fucking scissor we should play nirvana we should play um Tyler, the creator, we should play 50 Cent, we should play Lauren Hill, all that we should play Erica Badu, all this shit that people, D'Angelo, mm-hmm. all this shit that people kind of know in sort of like a, and like, so I kind of throw these standard pop songs through like the Free J Boozy jazz machine, I guess you could say. And um, my band is very heavily influenced by Samba on the trio record, nice. Free J Boozy the trio. The drummer is Brazilian, this dude, Pedro Coloni. He's actually like a fire-ass engineer. Nice. Played with him with this artist, Shibuzi. Yeah. And then I was like auditioning drummers for this rock band. And I was like, yo, I was like asking every drummer, yo, can you play a samba beat? And all of them would be like, I thought this was like a rock gig. Yeah. And I'm like, but that's not like the sound I'm looking for. I, if you can play a samba beat, you can play any beat. That's the yeah. whole thing about like the samba rhythm and ostinato. So this dude, Pedro, I was like, I'm fucking Brazilian. Yeah, I can play a samba beat. He's like, boom, gak, 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 like fucking <laughs> playing this motherfucking shit. We're like, yo, you're hired. Ended up hitting him for, uh, to do this trio. The original guitar player of the Free J Boozy trio was this dude, Omer Fetty, who has now fucking blown the fuck up. Like that dude, all he, he would always say he wanted a number one song and then he got a number one song with like Machine Gun Kelly and Travis Barker and all this shit. So he's like lit man, producer dude. Um, and so then I got this other guitar player started working with Nathan Foley. And Nathan Foley is actually from the DMV. He's from Maryland. And uh, then by way of Nashville, he came out to LA. This motherfucker is so cold on the guitar. bro. Mm-hmm. He like really... He like won a bunch of fucking like Fillmore youth competitions playing funk music. He's like kind of a James Brown dictionary. He's like so funky. And he's just like completely free of the constructs of like music and harmony and stuff. He's just like over the top, just like shredder. And so we're creating the songbook for the spare room. And so I was bringing, you know, skaters, influencers, fucking this and that and this, that and the other into the space where it's like, yo, like, that dude Justin from Blondie Beach is like ripping on this 50 cent song. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> People like dancing, singing the wow. lyrics and shit. And then we open it up into this like instrumental land of just yeah. like crazy psychedelic jazz. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so we were doing this shit. And then eventually it became like, yo, I have got to record a record to kind of capture this moment, like this moment in time in this songbook and this band. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, like Pedro found a fire fucking studio and it was funny. It was like my first like cutting my my like a record as a leader and it's like we're going in there and I was like, oh, 
weird. This is like where Skater Boy was like recorded. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, like random like LA <laughs> shit like that. Yes. Yeah. The studio was called Sage and Sound. Fire. Anyways, and the engineer was like, or the owner, one of the owners of the spot was like a bass player. So in the studio, there's like a fucking like literally like 20 bases, like all fire, like all crazy fucking rare years and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we tracked the shit with Pedro. Candy Pedro is the drummer of the band, right? He also mixed yeah. and mastered and basically like assistant engineered the fucking record. Mm-hmm. And so this dude, like I really wouldn't be where I, I am without like the versatility and virtuosity of the dudes in the trio. It's like, I'm kind of just like the platform for their voices. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. As a bass player, especially like I always tell my students, what are two ways to spell bass, right? Mm-hmm. There's B-A-S-S, like the instrument, right? And then there's B-A-S-E, like the base mm-hmm. of something, the foundation of something, the root of something, all of this kind wow. of shit, right? Yeah. So I kind of like to live my life philosophically with the people that surround me as being a support system, mm-hmm. a foundation for people to develop up, upon, right? Yeah, that yeah. philosophy goes into the Free J Boozy Trio where Nathan and Pedro, I want to create a space for them to for this to be a musical outlet, to get them a fucking bag. You know what I mean? One thing about like my bands and shit, like I've been so scor- like like scarred from not being paid in a timely manner. Yeah. Especially with a lot of freelance work. Like fuck a motherfucking net 30. Get your fucking oh, accounting dude. department a fucking PayPal account, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like get your accounting department a fucking PayPal account. So you don't have to go through all these dumbass shit and give me the check. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I just, like so, <laughs> um, line, so I know yeah. like, philosophically with the band also I just like people to be paid on time mm-hmm. to be respected for their time yeah. for their time to be compensated for a fair rate you know what I mean these are all things like I really really like truly believing because I've been on the other side of that sword in terms of other band leaders and shit like that yeah and I honestly got that from this wedding band I was playing in in Virginia bro this motherfucker would give you your check before you played like the oh, leader amazing. of the band and so it's like that sort of feeling. I was like, yo, this is like lit. Like what yeah. the fuck? Like people in other industries don't want to do it. ever, ever get paid like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure. and so, yeah, just kind of taking all of these things, all of these wrongs I felt and writing them in a situation where I am the leader now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's really cool to just like fucking work with those dudes and they're fucking shredders. And like, you know, it's been tough for the band, especially with quarantine because how we kind of like, our shit was a live band. It was something you had to go find and experience in person. Like the record does it justice, but really like the live show, the live energy, the crowd, like the cocktail program, the fucking Mm -hmm. venue, the vibe, everything about the trio was just like dummy fire. And, you know, it was like, you know, this motherfucker shredding in a Supreme hoodie. Like what the fuck? Like not many people are like on like that sort of like cross pollination of culture and shit like that. No, no, no. And so, yeah, it's like, I want to choose a songbook to show people now, this is what jazz can be. This is not Miles Davis. Yeah. This is not Kenny Garrett. This is not Jeff Tamewas. This is not Bradford Marcellus. This is not Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra. This is mm-hmm. not Charles Mingus. This is not Thelonious Monk. Now, it's <laughs> influenced by those people in sort of a formal setting, yeah, but yeah. mainly like a big thing. It's like I'm into motherfucking Jimi Hendrix. I'm into Carlos Santana. I'm into mm-hmm. fucking The Bad Brains, TV yeah, yeah. on the radio. You know what I mean? The drums, like. Yeah all of the strokes, all this sort of yeah. shit. The yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, of course, like the the pure, like 2000s Brooklyn Arab indie yeah. rock. You guys are just making covers more interesting than- Yeah, just kind of like, you know? yeah, for sure. And- um, Speaking of covers, the, the LSD cover is one of my favorite tracks off the four track. I mean, I love them all, but you know, when yeah. the babies come over, light a candle, 
LSD, LSD comes on and you're like, it's that's, that's accurate. Right. So kind of like the influence of that being kind of like, so that's a staple for J. Yeah. Music right when uh-huh. i'm doing that shit live it's like oh like, uh. <laughs> like yeah uh, and for me that's a very special cover because yeah it's like an asap rocky song it's a good melody right it is um it's very virginia to me mm-hmm. i'm very connected to like the fundamental sound of that song because like i'm from virginia right yeah uh, grew up in northern virginia grew up on like a couple acres of land like super country you know what i mean like it was very very lush life that i got to like be raised in and um you know when you think about the sun hitting you see the fucking wind grazing on the fields in your backyard and like you see the swaying of the trees your fucking dog is running up to you from 400 yards away you know what i mean like the birds are chirping like I'm just trying to create imagery of where I fundamentally come from, right? And so when I was thinking of LSD, it's like, yo, it's this ASAP Rocky song, but it's only three chords, which means it's really only two chords, right? And so I was thinking about like, you know, folk music. I was thinking about the blues. I'm thinking about Jimi Hendrix. I'm thinking about psychedelic shit, you know, fucking experiencing being on mushrooms, experiencing being on LSD, the shit that's sort of taboo in the jazz world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and it's like, yo, the song's only really like two chords. Like, let's create this sort of atmosphere that like kind of encapsulates where we're from and where yeah. the blues comes from and how this folk mm-hmm. blues has kind of like seeped into my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and of course, like Nathan is from the same region as me, right? And then also he went to Nashville and really got that twang. Like he went and found that fucking country twang. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker can play all styles, he could cut a punk rock session, he could cut a country western session, you know what I mean, like straight up. And so, uh, yeah, we were really able to like accomplish a very, very cool interpretation of a very, very well-known song. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then in terms of like, we were thinking about like trying to get a visual for it or whatever, but I was just like, bro, like Rocky had- The visuals, yo. How have you even- Not in Japan, it was phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. So like the trio, kind of got halted because we were based off of live performance right quarantine Mm -hmm. happened yeah and then i guess like i was like fuck man like i can't play gigs like i can't do this like entire side hustle because like you know i'm in the office doing marketing at the hundreds yeah 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 with bryce waller from blondie beach he's the marketing director at the hundreds right so he brought me into the hundreds fold Working with Ben and Bobby is fucking great. They're like the most supportive bosses literally I've ever had. Like, it's yeah. fucking insane. They're so we're diving like, right into the hundreds right now. Yeah. Let's so do like, it. So like. I want to know. How- I got the job do being a marketing assistant, right? Yeah. Transition from working at round two to the hundreds full time. And, cool, cool, cool. you know, there it's really crazy, man. Like project managing and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I'm like a marketing assistant. So like, I guess like I handle I'm like a liaison between corporate and creative agendas, you know, yeah. what I mean? making sure all creative assets and the marketing structure is supporting the release that's going to be happening every week. And so the hundreds is kind of cool because like uh, we do a fucking collab, collab every single week. Like every month when we have a week off, we're like, oh, shit, we don't have anything this week. All right, well, let's catch up for next week. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You, know, you get the samples for the photography, bang that shit out, tell the story, like all that shit. Ben and Bobby are like, all about community and storytelling. That's yeah. like the whole hundreds mantra. Yep. Um, Sorry, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, pick it up from these guys, right? Like, yeah. Uh, and so 
they're just like so supportive and also really down to like pass the torch and hear ideas and trust the ideas and trust yeah. the process and see like you know what i mean it's yeah. like in other situations creatively i've always been told no 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 i can't really think of many times at the hundreds like an idea is like you know what i mean all right well let's see where we can flesh it out let's see where we can make it happen That's and good. it's almost like you know, working at a company like the hundreds, it's really cool because they've been around since 2003. OG fucking streetwear. 17 years making printables yep. and cut. So that's fucking wild. That's so long. There's I was only a, a streetwear store back in Philly and I brought them in. So it's. Yeah, exactly. Been around forever. Right. So they've been around forever. And there's only a few brands like other ones like Huff, Stussy, of course, which is like mm-hmm. the OG streetwear pillar. Supreme, of course. Those are like the four that have really lasted you know what I mean? Like even yeah. shit like Fresh Drive isn't really like as popping anymore and all this other yeah. stuff. Um, really came back. Yeah. And so the hundreds is just like when you work for a company that's been around for 17 years and you start to hear about the other employees that have passed through there over mm-hmm. time, it's almost like the hundreds is yeah, a clothing company, but it's also like the hundreds university where like motherfuckers are coming through this like machine and learning all kinds of skills you know yeah. what i mean like josh vidas comes from the hundreds you know what i mean like oh wow who's, who's the chick from fucking uh euphoria demi or uh, alexa demi mm-hmm. she was i think that's her name she was an intern at the hundreds wow. you know what i mean so there's like all of these people that have like come through um uh what's his name luca sabat yeah, yeah, yeah. The intern at the hundreds, you know what I mean? Like really? a lot of people, yeah. Black Cray, the rapper. I don't know. He he was at he was an intern at Frank Fifty One. But anyways, the hundreds like marketing positions, people that have gone to do different things, the editorial, different yeah. digital marketing, designers, people that worked at the shop, going and making music careers, like Alexander Spit, like all this shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like people really go, come into the hundreds and learn something about the streetwear industry and also about themselves and how to apply these skills that you've learned kind of cultivated by Ben and Bobby and trusted by Ben and Bobby to take these to other parts of your life. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like with any Blondie Beach shit, like I know what a licensing deal is. Yeah. I know what like fucking what it takes to do a distro deal for fucking sales. You know what I mean? I know what it's like to lock an account, like all these sort of skills that kind of like, uh, like how realistic it is to get a 36 color t-shirt made. You know what I mean? Like all of these sort of things, like price points, why LA apparel is like this much and this ounce of cotton weight and why AAA is kind of like the staple streetwear team, like all industries, it's like learning these learning things about so art direction Every rollout. It's like, yeah, it's insanely yeah. valuable. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's insane. And so um, it's really cool to just like be in that world right now. And um, yeah, the fucking hundreds is dummy fire because people kind of seem like, Oh shit, the hunters like that's kind of a burnt streetwear brand. Yeah, like, of course. Oh my god, the checks ain't burnt. <laughs> like, amazing. Yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. You know no, dude, they keep putting out amazing collaborations with like everyone's, you know, previous you know, heroes. And it's like we wish we could do that. And you know, and so they're getting all the licensing. You know what like licensing is now, which is amazing. And where do you see yourself coming out from the hundreds? You know, I think it's. Like, um, well, I mean, like, I think one of the After you graduate like, from the hundreds. Right. So they are completely telling their story through business, right? They, yeah. Bobby and Ben, have accomplished a very, very rare marketing feat yeah. where your personal interests and your actual 
foundations of your interests creatively, philosophically, business-wise align with what you do professionally, right? Like we do a DC Comics collab or a DeLorean collab or a Garfield collab because Bobby fucking loves that shit. And that's what he learned to come up with. Like he learned how to draw through like tracing Garfield cartoons, you know what I mean? So now this is like a 30 something year old man back when they did that collab like that, has completely like accomplished a full circle thing that is very integral in his life. So yeah. for me, I guess philosophically and business wise, just continuing to streamline your true interests yeah. with how to get to how to financially, you know, benefit from that situation and that interest, which is like with the jazz shit, you know what I mean? Like making jazz merch and all that whole shit. Cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And most people know where that shit started with jazz, like kind of got like thrown through the streetwear machine where everybody thought it was cool to make like jazz looking shirts and this and that but to me it's like bro you're fucking with something very 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 sacred for a trend for the sake of a trend you know what I mean Uh, so I wasn't really like fucking with that and so it's about like taking your personal interest and your true like I was saying taking your personal interest and what actually makes you and telling that story and trying to bring people into your world so like that would be a professional mantra for my entire life yeah i also love how the hundreds is you know incorporating you with everything that's in creative that you know the the new videos that they're putting out with you like how did that come about you know so when quarantine happened we just like needed more digital content right so you're thinking just like oh we have this we can like integrate this live tv platform into the into our website and so yeah. we do things like cover the tech specs and design yeah. inspiration behind seasonal collections tell this story for what this design means from this collaboration yeah out of that it's like oh, okay we have the round two guy here yeah. at the office now right like <laughs> our archive room full of like a bunch of fucking t-shirts from yeah. 2003 to like whatever let's get some of the shit out of the archive room yeah. let's resell it and retell the story and whatnot yeah. so the greatest hits is like a brand retrospective yeah. you know what i mean you incorporate like, your vintage like skill set yeah probably. exactly because you know, bring it over. like what vintage is 15 years right yeah so technically a lot of these teas fit into that window and also like not many other brands could really do that because they don't really have as deep of a catalog of printables as the hundreds right and like, sure. products over the years and um so you're studying yeah, I'm fucking studying up, man. Like, yeah. the, the, the fucking hundreds has a tag history of like six different tags. What? Mm-hmm. Like you can tell the era of a fucking streetwear brand founded in 2003 from the tag now? Like that's some like Nike wow. silver tag shit. Exactly. That's some, like exactly. screen star, like rap t shit. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Like really cool to like just kind of retell the story and remind motherfuckers why the hundreds are where they're at. It's like mm-hmm. by telling these of these stories about these like hitter pieces and stuff and so that whole like tv personality thing was mm. of course founded with the round two show yeah and just kind of talking about oh look oh, the round two show. That's, yeah. on this, that's on this rack you know what i mean so like yeah. i have a little bit of credibility when it comes to like talking about clothing and being able to tell a narrative sure. a story and share an idea yeah and yeah you know motherfuckers just trying to make t-shirt designs they need to be fucking trying to make stories exactly you know? like exactly. it's not it's not about a fucking design bro what your collection's about you know yeah it's about it's about what's in your heart and how does the how does that show on your wow. t-shirt i guess you know what I mean? exactly and so that's all of our collections yeah you know what i mean it's wow. like and so you right on the head that's amazing yeah exactly so like uh the hundreds TV thing is just like kind of being able to tell those sort of stories and whatnot and then so with the fuse tv shit 
it was kind of funny. There was like these dudes. So round two films a lot, and like it's mm. on Melrose. So LA is like kind of, um, you know, you somebody always just comes in being filmed. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, all the time. <laughs> all like, the time. Like, <laughs> like, like working on a retail yeah. floor and some Here's motherfucking dude comes yeah. in with like a sound boom behind him. <laughs> yeah. Another person like mixing and there's like somebody filming and you're like, no, no, no such thing as a permit. Fuck it. Yeah. It's like, you, know, it's like, just help you guys with anything? Down. And then they say, no, 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 we're good. Thanks. And you're like, <laughs> bro, what? And so, we kind of got annoyed with that shit happening a lot in the yeah. store, right? Um, and so one time these guys for, from Fuse TV were in there filming some shit about sneakers. I wasn't really sure. Honestly, wow. I was very, very stoked. And so like they were kind of like bugging, like, yo, just should we like should we let these guys film in here? Like, I was like, bro, what? They have a microphone that says Fuse TV. It's fucking clearly gonna be free marketing for the store. Like, yeah, exactly. don't care, like, whatever. And everybody was kind of like annoyed and bothered by these motherfuckers. I was the only one that was like, yo, like, let, them, let me know if you need anything, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, wait, let me like fix this area so we can, you know what I mean? Like, so it looks cool. Like, let me put this in. Um, and so this guy named Brandon was like, yo, Justin, thank you so much. Like, it was so helpful. Um, and I was like, bro, hit me up any fucking time. You know what I mean? Like, hit me up any time, like, literally. Yeah. And started linking on Instagram, right? About a year or two goes by, right? That fool Brandon hits me and he's like, yo, dude, like, I have an opportunity I think you'd be perfect for. It. Do you want to test shoot? And so I was like, dude, what the fuck? Yes. Like, Fuse TV, like, I used to watch motherfucking MMUSA. Yeah. When that shit, so Fuse TV used to be called MMUSA. Uh -huh. And it was like this weird, like, music video channel thing that was kind yeah. of rivaling, like, MTV. Yeah. Back then it was that and the box. And, like, yeah. that's where you would go to watch your music videos all the time. Exactly. And so sure. MMUSA turned into Fuse TV. Fuse mm -hmm. TV had a show called Stevens Entitled Rock Show. And oh, this wow. other show called Uranium, hosted by this chick, Julia. And nice. they were just like the most legit, sort of like honest, sceny, like music coverage TV show. So I was fucking obsessed with these. I used to watch motherfucking hours of Fuse TV a day. Yeah. And so these dudes that work in an office over in Burbank, you know what I mean, are like emailing me to come test shoot. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Yes. And especially this is quarantine, right? So I've honestly wanted to put a big pivot and shift into video content. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like where the bags are at. You know yeah, I mean? of course. And um, <laughs> I awful like playing live shows. <laughs> like, uh, and fucking, I audition and we essentially just set up a test shoot with this dude you tell, right? This dude you tell is from New York, right? Yeah. He's like classic New York streetwear. Motherfucker is so goddamn funny. And, uh, they just set us up on a zoom like this and recorded it and they're like all right like uh we're just gonna like let you guys talk and i was like let us talk like what the fuck are we about to talk and so but we instantly clicked instantly started talking about like streetwear and shit like that and so no way. you know like about releases and what was important to us what we like what we don't like and whatnot and we got the gig man and so yeah we got to shoot like a couple episodes and like gonna be developing that shit further and it's just like really cool to like you know multi-camera multi-camera angle fucking set with crazy sound high yeah. quality cameras a fucking fuse tv watermark in the bottom corner like, that shit is fucking really basically man yeah you know I mean? and so like i've kind of like in a weird way accidentally fell into like video content and TV. yeah you know what i mean it was never like and that's some la ass shit too man you fucking move out here you don't know what the fuck you're gonna like end up doing like, oh of course real. not you know what I mean? Not, like, yeah exactly so, here. what's up basically like my next question is like are you now more geared into like hosting like you're basically a ho like or you're no, still stuck to your like music is great you know 
So I was literally arguing with my homie Misha Boozy about this shit last night, right? Uh-huh. So this motherfucker is brilliant music artist. Check his yeah. music out. Like Shabuzi. I got to work on a record uh, with Republic Records with him. Yeah. He's always like, yo, like define what you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'll ask like, him the time. Like, bro, this is like, this is fucking 2020. We got motherfuckers. Everything. TikTok. We got little kids making millions of dollars on TikTok. There's no time to. <laughs> fucking, there's no time to fucking like lay into narrowing yourself to one thing so for me it's like oh are you doing video content are you doing music yeah i'm free j boozy i fucking do it all you know what i mean and so i think they can all incorporate and all i kind of encapsulate and being back to the sort of renaissance man that you were talking about earlier yeah yeah that's like the foundation of that shit it's like yeah bro it's like yes bro i got records bro i got fits yeah bro i got fucking sales history for fucking festivals yeah i threw a festival like yeah so what yeah, I do video. So what? Like, what you got? You know what I mean? Like, it's like 2020. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. And so just everything. You should just make, have five. a card that says literally yeah. free J Boozy everything. So uh, this dude, um, Mike Sherman, the owner at Chinatown Market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, good homie of mine. Very cool guy. Um, fucking, he used to have in his bio that shit. It made me laugh so hard. It's like, you need one t-shirt, call me. You need ten t-shirts, call me. You need a thousand t-shirts, call me. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that sort of mentality where it's just like, bro, like, you got a podcast, you want to do an interview, fucking call me. You want me to play at this random bar, fucking call me. You know what I mean? You want to play this event, like, for this random camera, like, sunglasses coming in, it's doing a launch, call me. You need help getting some e-com images for your brand, call me. You know what I mean? You need help, like, finding a designer or styling a shoot or getting a location or, like, connecting the dots, just, like, hit me. You know what I mean? So it's about just, like, using the free j boozy platform to like kind of just do everything everything in life man i don't know everything and do I'm people on the street and, like yeah. call out yo yo free j boozy like that's how they know now a lot it's funny a lot of people call me boozy right my name is yeah. fucking justin like of course. It's not, but it's a sort of thing it's like you know people meet you via the internet yeah and then that's like how they initially know you and whatnot yeah. mm-hmm. and so yeah it's just like kind of funny because like for instance, like friends will come up, visit me from back home and it's like, yo, I'm Justin, right? Like I'm Justin Esposito, right? And um, and then they'll be like, yo, everybody calls you boozy, huh? I'm like, I don't know, fuck yeah, dude, I guess. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what it is now. Where did it even come from? Um, Chris Russo from round two. Uh, I was on like probation, right? <laughs> college because i got caught up with alcohol in the dorms and like it's fucked up that the college even puts you in a situation where you could like interact with the police on like a very real level you know what i mean oh yeah and so the dorms was in the dorms drinking the cops come in my fucking <laughs> homie iggy had like <laughs> dude he had fucking a fun bag he this dude came down to richmond with like way too many fucking drugs it's like iggy you need to get your life together bro <laughs> no it was like it was all fun but um fucking he the cops bust in right and they like bust us and Iggy's like face turns green and he like hands over these beers out of his bag and they're like all right cool thanks and they didn't search his bag right like just dodge felonies like right there and so I got a, a charge being on probation I was living with Chris a little boozy was simultaneously like in jail I'm pretty sure right yeah, yeah. and so Chris really liked little boozy's music and then it became like yo free little boozy yo free J boozy matter of fact free my man from the probation <laughs> Right? Matter of fact, free this man from this alcohol charge he got. I'm going yeah. to fucking piss test and shit. Um, like downtown feeling like a criminal, like in like the city hall shit. It's like fucking awful. And then uh 
so it just kind of became this thing jay boozy like free jay little boozy free jay boozy and then mm-hmm. when i made an instagram that's like what i decided to call it and then i realized i kind of like made an artist name off of that you know what i mean didn't really realize it until now it's always in all caps no space free jay boozy i just like like the way it looks it also like sounds free. fun it's like free <laughs> what what like huh dude there's free jay boozy and now there's uh valley doll valley doll what's going on yeah, it was fucking lit. That's what's going so on. So good. Right? Yo, a taste of California, basically, with the Sunsdown premiere on yes. OnlyFans. Like, that was genius. Yeah, yeah. So that was, like, kind of an interesting rollout for that, right? So yeah. Valley Doll. So for starters, all of that music is recorded, was recorded. Our first studio was, like, three blocks from the beach in Venice, right? So yeah. went to college with a dude named Chase Hodgson, right? Chase was a DJ and did events and used to have this warehouse space called EMBU, Eat My Butt University, right? <laughs> Amazing. Shows, wild shit went down there, right? I'm pretty sure it was like a porn set at one point. Like, <laughs> like Chase is a fucking psycho, right? And so Chase moves to California within two weeks of me moving to LA, right? And so uh, we link up out here. He lives on the West side. There's this two other guys he knows from growing up this dude, Evan Morris, and this guy, Keith Butler, right? Mm. So Keith is a sound engineer, also producer, guitar player, since just like kind of multifaceted. Evan is like a lo-fi beat genius. He does like 808, like MPC shit. Oh, really, really fire lo-fi. He plays keys. He studied film and he studied music and all the shit. He studied guitar. And so Chase was always trying to like get me to link with these dudes at a studio. And I was always like kind of like blowing, blowing it off because it was far. Like I work a day job. I'm not trying to like blah, blah. Anyways, I find, so quarantine happens, right? I get furloughed. I finally have the time to go like hang out on the West side, right? Of course. Um, So I'm linking with Chase and I was going to do a jazz session with this dude, Evan, right? I brought my upright bass. But Keith was, like, Lance, he was, like, doing some cool, like, synth shit. So I brought the electric bass out, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yo, Ev, can you, like, kick a punk, a punk beat on the MPC thing? He's just, like, instantly, like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, you know, I listen to a lot of drums, a lot of, like, fast sort of, like, like Black Marble bands like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just started playing the bass line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started playing this bass line. Like, yeah, yeah. We instantly, like, literally right there, like, started a song, Sun's Down. It was our first song. It's the first thing we ever recorded, ever, ever. So, the so the bass part on Sun's Down is from the first Valley Doll recording ever, ever. Like, when we press play, like, that's what's cut. And so, that's like really cool. It's like some time space moment. Yeah. Where, like, that's inspired by, you know, Black Marble and like, yes. And so I'm like kind of like out of the jazz thing. I've always yeah. wanted to do an indie rock band like this. So I finally found the dudes that we can craft the sound that we kind of like all envision Amazing. and find important. And so, yeah, Valley Doll is three musicians and a visuals creative director. Chase is the visual creative wow. director of the whole thing. And then yeah. it's three musicians, right? And so- I love how that's how you're talking about bands now. Yeah, it's like it's like the fish, you know how fish, the the like the sixth member or fifth member of fish is the lighting guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm <laughs> like it's like the same thing. It's the yeah, same yeah. Thing. And so, so um fucking and it's always yeah, in trios so, too. You got a trio going on. 
every time. Yeah, exactly. Always three. Always in threes, I like, man. I like the way it fits. If and especially like gear wise, traveling, oh, logistics. Perfect. Three people is good. Is good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so we recorded all of these like banger fucking indie rock tracks, right? Yeah. The lyrics to Sun's Down, it's like, I literally just like wrote them like really quick. I'm not really much of a singer, but it's like um, red hair, brown boots, tight jeans, that desert look, the sun's down and I'm down, the sun's down and I'm down. So this idea of like when the sun's right, down, right. your inhibitions come out, you know what I mean? Like you become yeah. like, kind of like a night creature, a night crawler, you know what yeah. I mean? And so it's about just like the freaks come out at night, you know what I mean? And so we were thinking about a video concept and you're like wait so if the freaks come out if the sun's down and i'm down right what do the freaks do during the day you know what i mean so it's like this idea that like these these so the idea was like all right so we're gonna get these two homegirls yeah, in bondage yeah. right so i got the two homegirls that i know like do a bunch of latex like sex work bondage stuff and i was like yeah like we want to do like a day in the life of a dominatrix but like in the dominatrix gear like in the bondage mess and shit. perfect and so it was like the sun's down i'm down but what do these freaks do during the day so we shot a video just like yeah like some uh like bdsm bondage chicks just like on the beach walking down the street like starting their morning in bed like taking a shower with, like, a gigantic dildo on the wall all shit. and then honestly it was really funny because this video was like low-key fucking brilliant right it, it got fucking flagged and banned on youtube so we spent all this time thinking like yo we're gonna be able to launch this video on youtube you know what i mean yeah and fucking when we get to launch it's like yo this video has been flagged and removed we're like no so we had to pivot and we're like bro i don't want to show that throw that shit up on vimeo like that's just nah. kind of like you know what i mean and so we're like yeah let's launch it on only fans we're always talking about this only fans shit like, let's see this up Brilliant. yeah so then we like just launched it on only fans because it's kind of like a risque video so now the video for sun's down our first single the rollout kind of got like fucked up by that too you know what i mean because we can't have a visual asset on youtube you know what I mean? yeah where it's like so, the platform of everything. Yeah, where it's like the platform. So it's fucking a big bummer. So now we have the video on our uh, website, valleydoll.club. And it's also fire, mm-hmm. it's like valleydoll.club because that was the cheapest like URL. We were going in between valleydoll.la and valleydoll.baby, right? Because it's like, what's your website? Valleydoll.baby. Ooh, valleydoll.baby. Yeah, you know what I mean? But Amazing. we realized that fucking club was even cheaper. And we were like, yo, valleydoll.club, like, fuck yeah. So we have this, the band Suns Down video up on there. And it's like a really cool visual asset to just have. And also, like, people think that video had, like, a budget. Bro, no, we made that shit literally all in-house. The really cool thing about Valleydoll is, like, everything is, every visual asset, all of the demo mixes everything's like made in-house you know what i mean the only thing we outsource is like mixing and mastering you know what i mean it's perfect. And so um and that's only because like we could do it in-house but for me it's like when you spend so much time really close to a song yeah you know, it's nice to get a third party bipartisan yeah. like perspective on what it's so what they think means. about the song yeah like what it's sure. song means you know what i mean um and so yeah, looking forward to Valley Doll, like 2021. So this band started out of quarantine, right? And like yeah. we have like a bunch of visual shit that's going on. So we cannot wait to motherfucking play shows, bro. It's gonna be like, and it's cool because it's like it has elements of my jazz in it too. It's yeah. very jam, like all of the fucking bass lines. Yeah. And shit are like one take, like jams. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like this thing where it's like we're gonna 
make a bass line perfectly for four to eight bars and then we're gonna paste it all the way down pro tools and and quantize the fire you know quantize the fuck out of it make sure it's like every note is perfect like nah dog it's like part of it is just like the bass and valley doll this shit needs to sound like driving in the pch at night that's what this fucking sound is right nice. that's what the vibe is like driving in california all of my bass lines i write in fucking cars with my voice memos driving down the street like you know what i mean humming to the radio like coming up with new like shit you know what i mean and so fundamentally our music is driving music you know what i mean yeah. um, and so that's just kind of like what it's got to be and what it's got to sound like so with a bass like with the philosophy with the bass and like the bass concept in the band it's just got to be really driving you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. really really driving just constantly like out it sounds like train tracks you know what i mean just like constant you know what i mean it's like this rolling motion if you think about like your tires hitting like a little bump you know what i mean but you don't want that to happen <laughs> yeah exactly like uh it's so fucking yeah it's just like that from a bass perspective it's about like laying down these like bases and foundations and structures to drive upon you know what i mean yeah it's like the base is like the road of the, it's like the pch the road the asphalt like that's the yeah. base of that you know what i mean and so like uh yeah, bro, that shit is really fire, and it's honestly, like, the kind of music that, like, I've always been trying to make, so looking forward to 2021, our next single is a song called Write Off. Nice. And, uh, first. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. And awesome. Fucking, um, yeah, bro, it's, like, with this one, especially, we're trying to take, like, more of, like, a digestible release strategy mm. and, like, make a video that's not going to be banned on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know and honestly we'll see because like we're still planning the video and shit like that mm. and like it'll be funny to look back at this uh conversation and think like oh shit that's like before we like release right off so i'm very excited to see how this shit goes man you know what i mean with all these new releases it's like you know the valley doll doesn't have a lot of followers like yeah. we're really just tr focusing on the music like etc good and, um, good so we're really just trying to see like where we can take this next release and just like continue to make good music and like that's awesome. make good relationships and good friendships yeah. look at you man always on the music track it's awesome i see that you're also going to be producing some tracks for the hundreds maybe possibly in the future oh so actually we just got a placement for so i got this new single for free j boozy out mm -hmm. coming out called move yeah. it it's produced uh -huh. by big wave coucher for evan morris who is the producer in valley law right so keeping yeah. it all like in my sort of rolodex network of friends you yeah know what I mean? and uh yeah, we essentially like Bryce, the marketing coordinator at the hundred. He's like, "Yo, like, I need like a song for this Need for Speed teaser that we're doing." And I was just like, "I was like, yo, I literally have like the perfect song." So we threw this drum and bass song in it and whatnot. I'm gonna release that shit called Move It, and it's just like a drum and bass song because I want to like release a track that could that could be dropped at a rave. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I could see you producing for other people too. Definitely in the future. You know, sometimes I think of myself as a producer but more so it's like yeah, always that's awesome yeah keep it in the family and you know what yeah you should definitely stick to like making music that you love for yourself and then like spread the love it's sure. it all makes sense man and then with the hundreds shit like producing for the hundreds or whatever it's like there's just like a lot of opportunities where we need original music for yeah. like digital ads and whatnot and it's just like just come to the desk man blondie beach records is kind of like in the <laughs> office at all times with me and bryce being there so it's like what you need man you know what you need yeah that's amazing so what's next besides everything that's on your plate so uh we're gonna be developing the blondie beach side of things in terms of product merchandising yeah. 
the collaboration with the is collaboration great. stuff like that, that. that was great. um i mean valley doll is like part of the blondie beach roster fortunately nice and then i got this new free j boozy single dropping and then you know i don't want to like jinx myself but it would be nice to do another jazz project this year you know what i mean yeah um, it's really just about like you know really taking the time to figure out the art direction the personnel like the track listing like the whole thing it's definitely gonna be like original sounds and like i feel like the the covers was a certain time and place you know what i mean so i'm looking forward to just kind of like expanding like the uh the original music repertoire of the band yeah um yeah so that's i think that's really what's next is like you know just trusting the process and like staying within this like this network and this path that i feel like we're developing a good stride for body abuse especially and going back to networking you don't network as much as like how me and you see networking we just look at everyone as like our new homies you know and homies that we want to grow with like networking is definitely a thing in the past you know yeah. like it's um all organic it's definitely all organic because like especially with like the sort of business language in Los Angeles and how it kind of like seeps into social life yeah is like you don't want to seem thirsty no it's the hell, last thing hell and no it's got to be organic you know what I mean there's too much at stake here to be working with people that like aren't really there to work with you they're there as a stepping stone so just like always keeping that conscious in terms of like you know doing shit and just like the whole idea of networking it's like your network should be based around the like positively reinforced relationships you've created in your life you know exactly I mean? exactly yo so how we end the podcast is that if you were to get a chest tattoo quote in old english what would your phrase be? Right, so you're talking about a belly rocker right yeah i've always really really wanted it to say boo- boozy or uh-huh. trenches so i mentioned the trench earlier right Definitely. so it's this idea that like, you know what I mean? When you're really hustling and you're really trying to get your shit together and establish this shit, you're in the fucking trenches, man. Like I'm in the trenches of this fucking dive bar, dying. Like, you know what I mean? Trying to fucking promote this event. I'm in the fucking trenches trying to get these designs done. I'm in the trenches trying to get this fucking session together. I'm in the trenches trying to do this photo shoot. You know what I mean? It's like about fighting, getting out of the trench. You know what I mean? It's like World War World War One. Motherfuckers were stuck in trenches, bombs going off and shit. You know I mean? <laughs> like digging yourself a good trench to to get through this like bombardment, to get through the, the chaos of life, right? But yeah. then get out of the trench so you can fucking move forward. You know what I mean? Definitely. So like trenches, man. I'm fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm in these trenches, man. And no matter what level of success I may achieve, that mentality of work ethic and shit will always like remain true, like for sure. Dude, trenches, yeah. word to live by. Yo, word Justin, thank Shot. you so much, man, for being on. Oh old. no, pleasure is all mine, my friend. For real. It's really nice to catch up and yeah, for sure. Thanks for having DJ me. DJ Boozy on Wear Many Hats presented by Dasar. Peace. Thank you. Peace, yeah.